Teachers are ordained and anointed by God to correct, reprove, and instruct in righteousness. Teachers are disciples held to a higher standard and confidence. Teachers are offenders of evil because they speak God's truth. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Greetings, beautiful people. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Teaching Prophet. I am she, she is me, Tangela L. Clayton, the master teacher delivering lessons for the Lord. We want to thank you for tuning back in for another lesson. And we're going to continue our learning journey through the book of Acts by stopping off in chapter two. If you you didn't listen to chapter one, I suggest you go back. It was a good one. It was the foundation was laid. So now we're in chapter two. So as stated before, we break this up into three different components, our audience, our attribute, and then our keyword or key phrase, that phase that we are walking through in the ministry. So our audience is leaders. Once again, no particular type of leader here, just leaders. The attribute is openness, the accessibility or frankness, lack of secrecy. And three things that the Lord showed me through this was open to feelings, open to diverse behaviors, open to new and or different ideas. Again, not quite sure how this fit, but we're going to walk through this learning journey. We're going to find out our keywords or the phase that we're now in after Jesus um, was resurrected and spent 40 days with his disciples are view, verify, and validate. So we have our audience, which is our leaders. We have our attributes, attribute, which is openness. And we have our keywords, which are view, verify, and validate. All right. So Acts chapter two opens on the day of Pentecost. Everybody They love this day. I love this day because this is the day where we see the disciples and their followers in the upper room on one accord. They're on one accord. They're praying. They're seeking. They're waiting on the gift of the Holy Spirit. So suddenly a sound came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled the entire house. People started speaking in various divided tongues of fire. One sat on each one in the room because of the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, as this is happening, they are witnessing, other people are witnessing this, who speak the languages, the natural tongue of the people that they see speaking in the tongues of fire. Now, the people that are witnessing, they go from being confused to amazed and marveled. Then they was amazed and perplexed. Okay. They were confused because they was trying to figure out what is going on? I, I, I hear my fellow uh, uh, Hebrew. I hear my fellow. Uh, who else? Uh, let me see. I got my book right here. I hear my fellow uh, Galatian. I hear my fellow uh, Medians. I hear my. I just hear these people. The Asians. The Asia. I said the Asians. The Asians. I hear but they're not speaking in our native language. So what is happening? Then they they became to be amazed because, okay, I hear them, 
But now I know, okay, this is amazing. I know they're not speaking in our native language. And then they marveled because they was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't know what they're doing, but it just sounds, this is me. This is me. They sound so amazing, right? Then they were amazed and perplexed. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What could this mean, they said? And then somebody, some people were marking. They was like, nah, they just full of new wine. They are full of new wine. I'm like, oh, okay. But what could this mean? They were perplexed because they needed to know what could this mean? So they were viewing the change. They were viewing the change that was happening to the Christians, to those that were in the upper room. They are seeing this. And they're seeing that the promise is being fulfilled. Now, they might not know completely what it is, but they are seeing the change. And they are observing the scriptures being fulfilled and featured right there in front of them. It is a wonder to behold. Now, they are astonished to see people of their own nationality, background, and community speak as if they are, they've learned a new language. And then for the people that were, you know, not too kind, they were, they were all, they drunk. Y'all just drunk man's talking. Those are drunk people talking. Don't even worry about it. So Peter being moved by the Holy Spirit, he stands up and then he verifies that they are seeing scriptures being fulfilled. They are seeing the powers of words spoken by Joel the prophet that said, it shall come to pass in the last day, God will pour out of his spirit on all flesh. And these individuals are not drunk, but they are experiencing the wonders in heaven above and showing it through the signs in earth. God is using Peter to verify his word to the onlookers for a testimony because these very onlookers they're gonna run and go tell it they're gonna run and tell it so we had they had to verify <laughs> this is what scripture has been talking about and so this will push the ministry outside of that uh those walls those walls in the upper room this is going to push that ministry outside those walls and so he had to verify to them listen this is what Prophet Joel has said will happen. All right, now, so he continues with his sermon, validating Jesus' ministry on earth by recalling to their minds of what, uh, of what they did to him in crucifying God's chosen. Also, Peter put them in mind of what David said. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read this directly out of the Bible. We're going to start at Acts chapter 2, verse 25. For David said concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is my is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in haze, nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, 
this is Peter now talking. Let me speak frankly to you of the patriarch David, that, it, that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he will raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul shall not, his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we all witnesses. We are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received the Father, the uh, from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend unto the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all of the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. All right. So he is preaching. He has preached. He has told them, listen. The Jesus who you crucified, who you did not want to let go, instead you let go of a murderer. This same Jesus has resurrected and he has now sent this beautiful gift in which you are seeing on display in the act of diverse, diverse tongues of fire. That Jesus. That's the Jesus in which you need to be baptized in. That's the name in which you need to be baptized in for the remission of your sins. Now, after Peter said all of this, those that gladly received his word were baptized. And so that day, about 3,000 souls were added. So then they continued. They continued with the apostles and the rest of the people, earnestly praying, eating, and living together. They sold all their possessions. They pulled their money together. They put all of it in one pot. They had much in common. Now, now they had much in common. So they were able to come together and do all of this. They all believed and was like-minded. They were, they were believers and like minded that they were able to come together like that they were able to uh, sell their possessions and put it all in one spot so that everybody can partake so there may be meat in the father's house so there may be things available to the neighbor that didn't have it they did all of that continued in the upper room and the church grew daily it grew daily they went from house to house. <laughs> they went from house 
to house. They didn't go build a church. They didn't pull all their money together and say, we need to get one place for us to be in. No, they went from house to house. They are spreading the ministry from house to house. I read a story one time about this preacher in California. Had a nice, beautiful church. He closed the church down. Closed the church down. And began to go and preach from house to house. The minute his ministry kept growing, his ministry grew. I'm not against the four wall ministry because if you go back to last last week, you'll be like, oh, you know, she might have a thing against four walled ministry. Not at all. Not at all. But we tend to hide Christians in the four walls of those ministries. We um, tend to hide there. And stay there. I read something recently where it says Jesus didn't build a church so that sinners can come to him. He went to the sinners. And so this is what happened in the early days of the, I want to say the reconstruction of the church. But, mm, okay, for the lack of a better term, we could say, after Christ ascended unto heaven and his disciples saw him ascend in chapter one, we can say that this is kind of a reconstruction of the church to where, uh, or we could, let me see, don't really know the quite a, a word that would fit what's going on right now as far as the church, not really the reconstruction because they're furthering his ministry. What they're doing is taking what Christ had laid the foundation for them. They're taking it out to other people from house to house. <clears throat> they pooled all their money together so that they can have those resources and be able to go from house to house, preaching and teaching and spreading the gospel. <clears throat> so, I'm not against the four wall ministry. I'm against hiding. I'm against hiding in the four walls. I'm against wanting to to make sure the people came to you instead of you going to the people. <clears throat> you going to the people. There was another church, and I don't know where this church is at. They what they did was six months in, six months out. Six months, they held all the programs because, you know, you got to please, please people in the flesh. People in the flesh, we got to have our programs. Got to have our Easter Sunday, our Christmas program, our Mother's Day program, our Father. We have to have our Usher Board program. We just have to have these programs. Since so I tell you what, six months, you do all the programs you want to do. But in the other six months, we're out. We're in the community. We're babysitting for those single mothers who don't get time off. We're cutting the grass. We're fixing the electricity. We're feeding people. We are going to meet the people where they are. We're going to give them what they need in the physical sense. And so then they will be able to be open to the spiritual feeding that we can provide to them. And his church grew. His church grew. All right, so let's put this all together because, you know, we got to, okay, God, what is this? What are you saying? What are we getting out of this lesson? So let's look at the review. We're looking at Peter once again being a leader. Now, unlike last week, 
when I said Peter was the conscientious leader. I'm holding back on calling Peter an open leader. Now, he was open to God using him in the upper room to you know, break down what was going on so that the people who were viewing this, he can verify and validate what's going on. And the reason why I'm sort of calling him open because you'll see later on when we get to, you know, deeper into Acts, Peter was not all the way as open as we would like him to be in the ministry. And sometimes we, we leaders are like that. They'll be open to let God use them. But then when it comes to a certain area, they're kind of like God has to show them where they're where they're closed off. But however, in this instance, he is open. He is open to allowing God and the Holy Spirit to operate through him so he can be used in a time of instruction to the people at this particular time. Now, when the church start moving in the direction that God wants or a new or a new direction or some people say, oh, the church is going in a new direction. Uh, I want to take you back to Ecclesiastes 1 and 9, where it declares that which has been done. Uh, let me see. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. So we're going to, so God is going to do what he's always done. So there's no new direction in the Lord. It's just simply correction or a correcting of the pathway in which leaders have kind of got off track and gone and do their own thing. So in this era, you know, God is really not moving in a new direction. He is just simply, it appears he's moving in a new direction, but he's just simply just, come on, baby, mm -mm, nudging you back to the right path. And so while he's doing that in this time, because uh, it's going to be a time when God is going to nudge us, go back to Acts chapter one and, and listen there, you'll find what's going to happen and how God is going to have to send us back to the basics of his word. Uh, people are going to be viewing in amazement and wonder. They're going to marvel at how things are being done differently from old leaders and old things and things of the past in the times of church, because there will be in some places, there will be no more, local uh well not local but uh uh central meeting spot no it's not gonna be it's not gonna be business as usual will be no longer accepted and the peters the leaders will need to be accessible they'll need to be accessible during this time to verify and validate the move of god the cloak of secrecy that once kept leaders from full transparency will be done away with the church will lead the way and not be led by the way and so that's one of the things that god was showing me god was showing me in this that after the regrouping after reassuring after the restoring his church his people you know during this transitional period of moving towards going back to basic, going back to the, th the the elements of God that he laid down and not all this glamour, not all of this, you know, money, just the things that you're seeing now that church people are displaying and saying, God did this. Okay. He is, he, he, and listen, 
he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. But how much, <laughs> I said this last weekend, and I feel it coming back up this week, there are no new converts. Church is not being added to daily as it should be, like it is in the day of Pentecost, because the, the Holy Spirit is not on display. There is a spirit on display, but it's not the Holy Spirit. And so God is he, he's doing it. He's doing it even now. He's getting ready. He's getting those leaders ready to take the position, to take the stance of grounding us back in the word of God and not in the foolery, not in the things that we see that's going on. He's getting these leaders ready. They, and he's telling them, be ready. Be ready. If you're one of them and you know God is speaking to you to be ready because you already know. I'm speaking to you who already know you go to church and you just like, God, I'm just not being fulfilled. What is this? What is this? You see. You see what God is doing or or take that back. You see what man is doing, saying that God told him to do it. And you know this is not God. God is, <laughs> he has a remnant. He has people set aside that have not succumbed to the foolery and the debauchery that is going on in church these days. I hear the young people saying, church is, mm-mm, church ain't church. I hear them saying, that's crazy. What are they doing? What are they doing? No new converts are being saved. No newcomers are being washed in the blood of Jesus, are being baptized in his word. They are new followers. They are new friends, but they are not converting. They are not ingesting the Holy Spirit. They're not submitting to the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to clean them, to wash them, to, to make them new. They're not. Why? Because they are leaders are not leading them that way. They're not leading them that way. So I said, okay, God. Okay, as we go through these journey, this learning journey through Acts, God is going to continue to speak. He's going to continue to reveal. But those of you that already know, you already know. There is a shifting. There will be a changing of the guard because God said, those who I've entrusted my house to, has left it open for vandalism. <laughs> they got their word open. Those who I trusted my house to has left it open to vandalism. And he's going to repossess the house. Because he, listen, he is not going, con going to continue to sit back and watch his people be used and abused for worldly gain. There's people hungry for the word. There's people who are there. What the Bible says, do not crucify, crucify Jesus afresh. Jesus is being crucified afresh daily in some of these churches. And the people are standing back and they're watching this. Some are willing to participate, participate in this crucifixion. This fresh nailing to the cross. So there are going to be Peter's risen up. 
There are going to be Peters that's going to come. And it's going to look like it's a new thing. It's not. It's what which was done in past time, which will be done in these times. There is nothing new under the sun. What they're doing today, the children of Israel did it back then. It was already done back then. It didn't work for them then, and it's not going to work now. Are you open? Are you open to new feelings towards the word of God? Are you open to new behaviors, which are really not new? They're old. Are you open to the different ideas? Because they're not new. They're not new. Are you, are you willing to open your house up to receive those that, want, that hunger and a thirst after righteousness? Are you open? Because we're going to have to we're going to have to verify. We're going to have to verify and validate that Jesus is coming back to these people. Because some people are so wrapped up in their leaders. When they fall, they're going to fall as well. Father, we thank you. We praise you for your word. We praise you for the lesson on today. God, we receive your word. We receive the lesson. And we go back. We're going to go back, oh God, and check our spirit. We're going to go back, oh God, and check and check the, the books. We're going to go back, Lord, and, and return back to scripture. And we're going to say, what must I do? What must I do? How can I open myself up to be available to you, God? What must I do? We're going to do that, Lord, because we wish to hear you say, well done that good and faithful servant because we know there are going to be some that's going to come up and say lord didn't i do this i did this and i did that and you're going to say depart from me for i know you not we don't want to hear that lord so god we open ourselves up to your holy spirit to receive the diverse tongues of fire to receive all that you have for us that is within the holy spirit because we want to edify you we want to glorify you, O oh Lord. So thank you, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the message. And God, we surrender. We surrender. We have to you, Lord. All of it. Our finances, our family, our businesses. Everything that we possess, we lay it at your feet. So that you can use it for your glory, so that there might be meat in your house, so that those that are without, whether it's physical without, spiritual without, that we are able to feel them by your power. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by another episode of The Teaching Prophet. Don't forget to like, share, and or comment on whichever platform you are listening. We pray you tune in next time. God bless.